0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: I was fairly dialed in. I think I was, what, like 10 or 11 over through 16, and I played the back in two over through seven holes. Then Josh Reed, GD him. Texted me and we had a debate while I'm on the course, totally distracted me. I finished triple double, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it shows. like, I'm right about there. I just can't, I just can't finish 18 holes just yet. I think next round will be will be mid season form. I have a new three wood, mm. second year with new irons. The irons are dialed in, very happy with that. Still working out the three wood kinks a little bit, but. uh But I feel I'm I'm appropriate where I should be. And the other thing, too, you know, the the route I played this week was like sixth or seventh of the year. I'm sure you're way past that. But point being – it is mid May and I am like deep in the golf season already. There are years in Western New York where this is like round one yeah. or two. So wherever my golf game is, I could care less. I've played a half dozen times already and that's already a win.
0: Yeah, that's you're right. And and I think too I mean it's been wet for but even for how wet it's been in the spring, there has still been like kind of ample opportunities to get out. I know I have a whole bunch and kind of powered through some of the some of the rain and precipitation. But yeah, I mean I and the thing now, Thad too, is I think we're really gonna Benefit over the next like three, four, five weeks here from all this spring rain. Like I haven't seen some of these courses as green as they are this time of year. Um, and 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 like it's really just it's an exciting time to be a Western New York golfer for the things you're talking about. But also, I, I think you know sometimes the rounds get pushed back in, in, in the beginning and end of April. But I think they're going to be, I, the next couple of weeks with the weather we're looking at, I, I'm just excited to see some of the shape the, these courses in Western New York are going to be in. Because right now, they are pristine.
1: Yeah, and it could be you know, 14, 16 straight weeks of... Hashtag elite, you yes. know, golf course weather for Western New York, and you know, again, that is not something you get in this area. So I'm, I'm with you. I can't, I cannot wait to you know be out it. And you go, know, you know, I, I got to say this about Buffalo too. I, Ten, fifteen years ago, you know, I looked at Buffalo as kind of like the, the junior golf partner of Western New York. Roster is great, always has been. Courses to play everywhere. I'm really impressed with the way Buffalo is kind of. Expanded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Seems like now there's you know easily a half dozen places to play. I can't name them all, but I just know from talking yeah. to to you guys, the Buffalo reporters, that but you want to play golf, we can go here or here or here yeah. or here or here. It's very impressive to see.
0: You're definitely right about Rochester, and you know it's because we're so close. It's hard sometimes with as many public courses as there are now in Buffalo. And you're right. I, I still think though, it's it's really hard to overlook Rochester and and sort of the. Very different type of public courses that you can get. You can go play a ton of elevation. You can go play somewhere really flat. You can play somewhere with value. You can play somewhere expensive. Rochester really does bring it in terms of like local Western New York golf. And I think a lot of times people in Buffalo, I I don't, I don't think there's a lot of times where people are regularly driving sort of you know east to go do that. But like for me, there are some of the best courses in New York State, like right at home in Rochester. You're you're definitely lucky in that spot.
1: And, and, and you nailed it on the point of view that you know whatever you want to do here you can do it. You want to go walk eighteen for twenty bucks? There are good places you can do that where you feel like you've got your money worth. You want to go to a place where you're gonna pay seventy for a round, you know, and uh, drive eighteen holes and have GPS in the cart? You're gonna feel like you, you got your money's worth out mm-hmm. of that too. And, and you know the the thing that I've always and tried never to take for granted, especially I went to college four years in Long Island and playing golf down there is a headache because if you don't right. make a tee time a full week out, you're, you're out. But here, I mean, in Rochester, just about any time you want to play, you can find somewhere to go, you know, that you feel good about the money you spent.
0: Thad Brown here on the Wester hotline. Uh, you and I could probably talk a full hour on local golf, but we'll, we'll spare the listeners and we'll do it next time we get out on the golf course. But um, Thad, you know, I, I know you, you covered this week to um, some of the Sabres uh, press conferences. So I wanted to quickly just touch on that before we kind of dive into the schedule and, and rookie minicamp and all that good stuff. Um, overall, you know, you've been around, I think, both organizations here for a while, um, been covering Buffalo sports and Buffalo pro sports for a while. Put into perspective sort of your overall – you had a couple of days to maybe pull away from hearing what you've heard from, you know, Eichel and Reinhard and, and Adams and, and Granado and some of the young guys – can you put into perspective a little bit of, of maybe some historical perspective for us of like where you are based on the things you've heard from these players on just the state of this organization and and just how dire it might be.
1: You know, I think they've heard a lot of conversation lately about you know the, the Sabers should keep finding new ways to, to create a new bottom. You know, where where's the where's the bottom of the barrel? Well, we thought we were there last year, now we're there this year, and I feel like that's been the story for for two or three seasons. And and this week. With what Jack Eichel said, and I thought Kevin Adams handled his end of it, you know, fairly well. But you know, when you go back to what the tank season took out of. Sabres fans and, and Sabres, you know, nation for lack of a better term, and for it to, to come to a head this way, where it feels like you know Jack Eichel playing any more games in a Sabres uniform, and Jack Eichel ever playing a playoff game in a Sabres uniform would be an upset, is about as disappointing a spot as I could ever remember. And I go back to you know um, when when Drew and Breer walked away in the summer, you know, back to back, the same day free agent wise, and and we're at the same level. We're probably at a, a bit of a worse level, you know, in, in terms of the fact that at least. Drew Breyer gave Sabres fans a couple long playoff runs. He got none of that at Eichel. So the one thing I will say is that at least with Don Granato, there's a little bit of hope. Now it easily could be fool's gold. You know, I mean, you've got a young coach, or I'm sorry, not a new coach, who I mean, his bar is for him. And the bar was, you know, some of the worst hockey ever. So for him to look better relatively, it's almost impossible for him not to. But I kind of feel like that this, this has to be rock bottom. There can't be a new one. Um, and, and at least from that point, of view, I think Sabres fans can feel a minutia of positivity. But, you know, in terms of Sabres history, you know, that I've covered, you've got the playoff runs, you've got Drew Breer leaving, and you've got this. And, and these are the three big moments, and obviously two of those are as terrible as it gets. And, and that's where we are right now, I think, when it comes to the Sabres
0: yeah that I, I i mean I, I agree with you too and it's it is it's a shame to see an organization you know struggle to find its its way its path and like i was just talking to joe yordan last last segment talking a little bit about this i think You can start to cross things over into the Bills' 17-year playoff drought, and some of the short-sighted decision-making that organization continued to make just in order, just to break the drought. They weren't making decisions on the long-term health, the long-term success of their organization. They were making short-term decisions to just get them to 9-10 wins, and... I think you can make a very good comparison to what the Sabres are doing right now and how do you, as an organization, try to put aside the pressure of – you know, just making a playoff. That, by the way, six half the league, more than half the league makes the playoffs, and you can't make it in eleven consecutive seasons. That is a, a kind of pressure that's hard to describe and also kind of hard to factor in. Like, can you, if you're Terry and Kim Pagula, if you're Kevin Adams, can you put aside realistically, put aside the pressures of your organization missing a playoff for the twelfth consecutive year? If it means you're making the right long-term decisions for your organization, how do you balance that?
1: I think it's actually a bit easier. I think it's actually a lot easier for the Savers to do that than the Bills did for two reasons. Number one – when it comes to making the playoffs, in the NFL, you make the playoffs. You 14 teams making 12, which is what it was for the duration of the drought. You make the playoffs in the NFL. That's a bar. That's an accomplishment. You've got, you know, easily 12 to 18 teams in the league this year who, if they made the playoffs, they'd say, like, okay, you know what, that was a good year. Whereas in the NHL, or the NBA for that matter, I've never heard of a team that said, you know what, we made the playoffs, that's a good year. I mean, making the playoffs is just proving that you're competent. Making the playoffs is kind of where you're supposed to be. So for, for the, the drought to be an overriding thing um, for the Sabres, you know, I don't think that they're you know, bent on, well, what do we have to do to make the playoffs? Because making the playoffs is almost nothing. Yeah, it, it would be nice to do that in Buffalo because then we don't want to talk about the drought anymore, but it really isn't, isn't a thing. And the other part of it is, too, with the Bills, when they were missing the playoffs, they weren't 2-14 every year. You know, there were some 7-9s, and nines, there was a 2004 one where they got close, you know, a went 9-7 and seven one year. So, you know, they weren't like in an, an abysmal train wreck that, you know, you almost feel sorry for as a professional sports franchise. Well, frankly, the Sabres are that. Yeah. And, for, for them to, to put that aside, you, you almost have to, you know, like to think, wow, we're one or two pieces away from making the playoffs. No, 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 no. You're like 17 things that moves away from making the playoffs. So to, to feel any pressure about, well, you know, I got to worry about what, our first round draft pick is this year so we can make the playoffs. I got to worry about what I do with the Eichel and Reinhardt trades if I make them to make the playoffs. No, no, no. You're starting from absolute ground zero. You know, you have nothing but you know, dust and bailing wire in the organization right now, and you're just trying to build on that. So don't, don't worry about will this get me to, you know, spot 16 or spot four in my division next year. Just will this make me better than what I was last year? And if you stack enough of those moves together, then you get better. And, you know, I look at the way. The Sabres and Bills have progressed since they got their centerpiece players. The Sabres got Jack Eichel and did almost everything wrong following. The Bills got Josh Allen and did almost everything right following that. And that, yeah, you know, I had no problem with the tank. You know, I thought it was the right move. Look, if you're not going to win, then lose big so you can get the best players you can the next year. But you got to follow that up with, with quality roster development, and the Sabres have been just abysmal at it since.
0: Yeah, it's a great comparison. It reminds me a lot of sort of what the Jets' failures have been over the last decade, which is drafting 100%. a young quarterback and doing literally nothing to surround him with the pieces and the coaching to – sort of get the best out of him. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and I think it's just finding ways to extract the most out of the talent that you have in their team. And they just have failed miserably at that. Um, Dad, before I let you go, I do want to um, slip into some of the schedule talk with you. Um, and, and I kind of wanted your, your overall thoughts on the Bills' schedule. I, I, I don't really subscribe to the the Bills have the 27th easiest schedule based on 2020 standings and playoff teams, because just things change every year, and if you don't believe me, if you don't really buy into that, just think about what you thought about the schedule last year, and you thought about that run of like San Francisco, and, and, and sort of the middle of that schedule, everyone's thinking San Francisco's one of the best teams in the league, and then by the time you get around to them in the schedule, they basically have, have the most injured players in the entire league, the most the most downs lost to injury um, in football, and it's just a totally different schedule. And, and I look at this one, though, and I I do I think the home schedule is really ripe for them to make a really good run at home um, I could see seven eight wins at home late this year like I think it's very possible for this team uh, but overall thoughts on the schedule thoughts on you know four primetime games you know some people are upset that they only got one of those home um, but I think you obviously get the the Thanksgiving game a lot to like anything you don't like about the schedule. Well,
1: um, I'll start with, uh, you know, the, the home part of it. And, and to you to, make, to kind of underscore two points you made there, the, the home opponents this year were not super. You know, after after Pittsburgh in the division, you know, you, you got Carolina and Atlanta. and I mean, there's just not a, a group of teams there that you're, Overly impressed with, um, you know, who the Bills have at home. So that a, like you said, makes it a pretty opportune time for the Bills to win a bunch of games. But b, you're not gonna get a lot of prime time there. I was surprised that the Bills only got not only four prime time games, but only one at four four twenty five. So only one other national window game. You know, I really thought that this team would you know, come off an AFC Championship with a fun wide open offense. You know, would would get a few more, not a ton more, but a few more. And I think. You know, for, for all the times that we've heard in the last couple of years about how the Bills are great ratings and have done these good numbers, I think what we've discovered is that before the Bills got good, there was a concern or a discussed concern. I don't know if there was a real concern that because it's Buffalo and market 31 in the league, that they wouldn't go on prime time or wouldn't work on prime time because there's just not a big enough market behind it. I think we've discovered that, you know, Buffalo is fine. In national windows, they may not be as great as maybe they've been painted. The Cowboys game was fantastic, but to be honest, last year the numbers were, were pretty average for the most part. So the, the Bills are fine on prime time. They're not going to you know get pushed off prime time because it's Buffalo, but you know it, it still is market 31. And even if coming off an AFC Championship, you're not going to get you know 10 4 o'clock or 10 combined four o'clock games and uh and, and prime time games. The one other thing you talk about with you know rating the schedule now, and I cannot agree more. And to underscore you know that point. The Bills in 2019 played five playoff teams. We went to last year thinking, wow, NFC West, you know, um, all the West, all these teams. You know how many playoff teams they played last year? They played five again. You know, so we have no idea about the schedule. And and the one maybe, you know, bad break, I don't know how bad it is, but – I thought catching the Jets both games in double-digit weeks, Week 10 and Week 18, might have been a little on the negative side because, you know, the Jets are so so far to go mm-hmm. and they're so far at the beginning of their rebuild. You know, I'd want to get them Week 2 and Week 7 yeah. so that they're still kind Agreed. of figuring things out. You know, if they do put something together this year, and I don't know if they will, but it's possible, you know, Week 10 and Week 18, those are not going to be... Now, and all of a sudden, if they just put something together, the Bills are going to have six, you know... I have to get up and pay attention in the morning. AFC East games instead of a couple walkovers, which you could have had if you get the Jets earlier. So a little yeah. bit of a bad break from there, but but overall, this is you know uh, this is a schedule I think the Bills can very work very well work into a, a number one seed, which you know you're not hearing it yet, but I guarantee when we can the, the mantra from from Orchard Park is going to be: We need a one seed. We have to win regular season games. And if they they have an opportunity to get off to a pretty hot start, if they, if they beat Pittsburgh, three of the first four at home, you know, you go to that Kansas City Tennessee stretch. I think you got to beat the Chiefs if you want a one seed. But if you're if you're five to one going to the bye with win over the Chiefs, you know, you got a tough stretch yeah. week eleven to fourteen. But other than that, very very workable.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think the only other thing I'll say too about the schedule that that maybe I didn't love is I. I didn't love getting basically the two Dolphins games in before Halloween. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of getting the Dolphins here. I think it's, I think it's just good football is getting the Dolphins here in December, um, in the cold. Um, so not getting that, I think, was was a little was a little tough, and they're obviously going to be on the road in a hot hot Miami like they were last year as well. So we'll sort of see how that the the Dolphins matchup plays. I you know I am with you on the Jets as as well as sort of if they're they could be a, a potentially sneaky dangerous team, especially if they're eliminated from playoff contention later on in the season come week eighteen. But they're playing good football. Um, you know that they can play spoiler. Um, in weeks ten or week weeks eighteen. So I, I'm with you on the Jets there. Um, for sure. Thad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you for. Hopping on with me, uh, we'll definitely be in contact soon because we'll uh, we gotta hit the course with Sale so we can uh, we can show him up a little bit. <laughs> well, careful, so, Sale's games going on, man. So I, I know,
1: can't, uh, can't just assume that we gotta it, knock him down a
0: peg. That's me. my point. We we because he's been talking a lot about it. He texts me, oh, you know, just listen, you know, Sale. We gotta knock him down a peg, and I think I think we've got it in. So we'll 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 let him and John get together, or him and Josh, and we'll get a nice two man a uh, two man best ball situation, and we'll uh, we'll humble him a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, I was about to say that that's just not fair. We can do that if they want to, but that, that's just not fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks, Thad. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good weekend. Good talking, about, Yep, see yep. All right, Thad Brown there of WROCTV and RochesterFirst.com. He's the co-host of Buffalo Bills Kickoff Live.